Welcome to the One Hand at a Time podcast. I'm your host, Chris Welton. And today's episode is actually a recording of a Zoom call that I did with my new friend, Clinton Sparks. I sent him one Jordan. He responded. There's some great stories in there. So I decided to turn it into a podcast episode. It's also going to be a chapter in my new book that'll be out January 23rd. Can't wait to share that with everyone once we get a little bit closer. But check this out. This is one of the coolest guys you will ever meet. So I've got just a few questions I want to ask, and then we just kind of go from there. But um, I ask everybody, what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? The one lesson, man, there's so many friggin' lessons. There's so many lessons you learn on your journey to trying to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve, especially when you have big, lofty goals uh, to achieve. Um, and there's, there's far too many lessons to share that would be helpful and add value to other people that were trying to go up that same road that you went on. But I will say a consistent um, lesson that I, I've learned and I see other people learn is to not burn bridges, right? And I know it sounds a little cliche, but you know whether people are feeling themselves, they think they don't need that person anymore, or they think that that person's below them who then ends up elevating past them or getting in a position that they could use them for what they're working on. I constantly see people burn bridges or shoot themselves in the foot because they don't treat everybody as respectfully or kind as they should. Uh, and they're using them or if they don't feel like they can use them uh, to help their goals or their needs, then they dismiss them or neglect them. And I can't tell you how many people that, listen, I'm just nice to everybody, right? I don't, I don't think about who they are or what they've done. I don't even know, like, oh, you're the CEO of that company? I didn't even know, <laughs> right? But I, um, I can't even count how many times people five, 10 years later remember the way that I treated them and now are in a position where they can help me or you know, lend assistance to something they see that I'm doing. In fact, it happened recently. Um, somebody that I was just kind to and nice and gave advice to online uh, when Entrepreneur Magazine was looking for a new voice for their magazine to speak to kind of the young entrepreneurs, uh, she said, have you guys looked into Clinton Sparks? And now, now I'm a writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. Now I'm a partner of Entrepreneur Magazine and I'm part of their events. They present my podcast. It's a really big relationship that we have all because I was just nice to somebody and they remembered that. And when the opportunity arose, they were like, yes, Clinton Sparks. So, I mean, I could tell you hundreds of those stories and it's just, when you lay a trail of just doing good, no matter what, no agenda, no expectations, just become somebody that just treats everybody well, treats everybody good, and like it's going to come back. And even that sounds like you're doing it because it's going to come back. But I'm just telling you, if you just do it, it's going to come back accidentally, incidentally, uh, in moments where you weren't even expecting it. So just treat everybody like they are, are important because they are, you know, even if they're not in a position where they can help in your career, they're still a human, right? So just treat everybody like they're awesome because they are. That's probably one the best answer I've had ever asking that question, Clinton. And it's so funny. I'll share with everybody here real quick is we, 
I saw you speak at an event and then I grabbed the microphone and and because they're asking questions. I said, I don't have any questions asked. I just want to say I don't need to really watch any other speakers the rest of the day. I'm good. <laughs> because yeah, you did that was funny. Yeah. you did say that. And I looked at Renee, I was like, damn, he just shit on all the other speakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but and I was going through my notes, all the notes I took from you speaking, and I'm like, man, you just sometimes you go somewhere and you see somebody speak that you know who they are, but I I'd never heard you speak before, never seen you in person. And there was just this connection, right? Like we had this connection from the stories of kind of the messed up childhood situations and how you overcame that and how I've done this. Like there was really just this massive connection there, like instantly. And, and then I could tell how genuine, right? Like you weren't, and I I talked to John Gordon the other day and we're having conversations about people being on stage and pretending they're somebody they're not. Right. And I, and, and there's unfortunate a lot of that, but I don't, I, you were just super genuine, man. That's what, that was the main reason I sent that shoe because I'm like, I have a connection with Clinton Sparks and I'd be crazy not to try to figure out a way to build a relationship with this guy. Cause I just, well, one, something there. one, thank you. Two, um, I would have talked to you even if you didn't send me a shoe. Uh, yeah. right. And then, um, three, I agree, man. Like, you know, you can go back and look at my Facebook post from 10, 15 years ago, and I'm still talking about the same stuff, about treating people well, doing the right thing, self-development, like getting out of your own way um, that I talk about today. I've always cared about people and helping people figure shit out, right? And, you know, there's a lot of people that are just kind of Johnny come lately, uh, or, you know, life gurus and life coaches now that act like they they got their shit together and they got it all figured out. And now they're like warlords that can tell you how to do it now too. And it's like, you know, you have to pay attention to the messenger and not the message because anybody can regurgitate a message that they heard or gather a bunch of information online and then act like they understand it. And now they teach it. And there's nothing wrong with an aggregator, but just be forward and tell us, here's all the information I learned from other people that I'd like to share with you as opposed to I'd like to share this message with you as if you've got it figured out or you went through all this stuff or you can connect and relate to other people because a lot of people can't connect or relate. And by the way, not everybody is for everybody. So, Mm -hmm. and that's the other problem too, is that, you know, if you're good at, let's just say real estate, great. We're going to listen to you because you're an expert at understanding real estate, but you don't understand these five things. Or let's say somebody is great at, I don't know, um, conflict resolution, right? It's like, there's, there's a lot of other psychological things that people go through that don't necessarily fit into the box of just conflict resolution. So, you know, those aren't the greatest examples, but my point being is that just because someone's on stage speaking or someone's called a speaker or someone labels themselves kind of a life coach, it doesn't mean they got all of life figured out. So you need to figure out what part of life are they a good coach that I should listen to? Because that guy doesn't even pay his child support or that guy, <laughs> cheats, on, or that guy cheats on his wife all the time. That's or that so guy, good. you know, and it's like, do yeah. I really want to listen to a guy that disrespects his wife, but then he's going to tell me like how to be a better man? Not really. So like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just, now I feel like you're not real. You're just yeah. over here trying to sell me something. But if I go to the core of you, your wife ain't going to say good shit about you. You know what I mean? All the partners aren't going to say good stuff about you. And I can go find a whole bunch of people that'll tell me that you're full of it. Um, So, you know, it's, I'm pretty cautious of who I listen to 
and who I associate with, because I've always kind of been a loner because I feel like everyone's got an agenda and they just try and they're opportunists and they just try to use certain people to help elevate what they're trying to do. Um, so I've always been someone that's been mindful and cautious of, I don't know what that person's, I don't know that, I don't know them. I just, cause everyone's on their nuts doesn't mean they're dope. It just means everyone's sheep and they're jumping on their nuts. Cause somebody told them that they let me go figure it out on my own. And I'm going to go deeper than just what the internet tells me or because he's got a lot of money. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent, but I also know that, I mean, I feel the same way about that. When I find people that I want, I want to go further with, what does the everything look like, right? Does that fit? Okay, well, maybe they're a great speaking coach for me, but I'm not going to get life advice, right? Because the child support issue or, or whatever. But I think that's because of how we grew up, right? Like we had to make decisions earlier on in life that not everybody was good. Well, you just realize when you grew up the way I grew up, you have to think and move fast and act fast. So you have to know, is this guy going to punch me? Is this guy going to try to rob me? Is this yeah. guy da, da, da. So you have to size people up pretty fast and assess what, what they want out of this moment. And coming from Boston, you know, I'm pretty matter of fact. And I notice when I travel the world that it's, it's pretty aggressive for a lot of people. But we can get to the end result or find what we can be for one another if you're just matter of fact from the front. You don't have to bullshit. Even if you want to use me, that's fine. Maybe there's something you can use for me and we can figure out a way that we can mutually benefit from you using me, right? But don't like, don't mask it. Just say, hey man, look, I can get, get this from you. I know how to pull this out of you. You might not see it, but if you allow me to do this, I'll be able to get value out of you if you do this for me. Cool, makes sense. Thanks for being honest. I'm glad that you said it that way. Of course, I'll help you. And I yep. will help somebody. If someone straight up came and said, Look, I'm not trying to be your friend, but here's the thing I can benefit from you. Can you help? I'd, I would say yes, just because of the honesty. Yeah, you know I appreciate mean? the honesty. I, I do. I do. I, I know you have a lot of stuff going on with business. We talked about that. We talked about when you're on stage, but I'm, what are you learning now? I'm learning how to be a really good, caring, attentive, communicative CEO. Um. I've been a hustler all my life and I've always done four five, six, seven things at once. I've always had, I didn't say no. Um, I said yes to everything. And now that I have my new company and I've become the CEO, I've always been like number two, three, four in the company where I wasn't the top dog, although I would have the top dog ideas and strategy for the company to succeed. And there would always be somebody above me that wouldn't have the same vision or understand my vision to winning or success. And it would, it would stop not only me, but the company and the people in it from growing. Yeah. Um, so now that I've become the CEO of my own company, uh, it's a pretty big company. Uh, I've taken all my, my years of learning what is not a good leader uh, of how not to run a company, or how not to pe treat people you know, mix that with everything that I built myself to become as a human and as a man. And I mix them together. And I think I have a special recipe of how to be uh, a winning, caring, empathetic, uh, and communicative CEO. And I'm really proud of what I've done so far. And I'm proud of my ability to listen uh, to other people that have done what I'm trying to do. 
and who I've surrounded myself with so that I can become better. Yeah, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that, I mean, just the little bit I know about what you're getting ready to do is, is I mean, you're dialed in, man. I mean, just all this, everything you've done along the way has just made you more and more prepared for that CEO role, right? Like yeah. a lot of people don't learn along the way and then they're doing the same thing over and over again. I, you just continue to, I, what we call stack wins and figure out ways to, to get there. How has failure shaped your life, Clinton? I would say failure is probably the most important ingredient in building success. Through my life experience, when you see how somebody fails at everything from being a parent to being a friend to being a business partner to being a boss of a company, when you see how they fail at seeing what they're doing wrong or being able to fix what they've done wrong, that is where you learn the most. Most people want to copy and emulate those that are great or winning. So they feel they can become a winner or great by doing the things that someone they think is a great winner has done. I, coming up, would look at those that I consider to be great and I would recognize and analyze what they're doing wrong or what they're forgetting to do. And then that's what I would hone on and become a master at. Because it's kind of, I don't, I'm not saying the, the act of becoming great at what they do is easy, but it's easy to see how to be great at the forward-facing stuff, right? If, assuming you have half a brain, <laughs> right? But it's not easy unless you live it to see how to persevere, to see how to sustain, to see how to scale, to see how to resolve, to see how to put your ego and emotions or greed aside, to see how to communicate well. Like those are the things that you learn the most when you see people that don't do that well. And then you will then learn how to master those things because you see the negative effect that they're having by not taking the time to recognize that they're not doing it well. They're failing at it. So I suggest instead of watching those that are winning and doing the right thing, look at those that are failing and see why they're failing because you will gain so much information. Say, oh, now I know why it didn't work because they did X, Y, and Z. Boom. Now I'm running. I'm going to make it work. It's not as easy to follow someone that's making something work to then make something work because you don't know all the stuff behind the scenes or below them. You just see that they're winning now. And, and that it's working. But if you pay attention to all of this stuff down here, don't pay attention to what they're doing as a winner. Pay attention to what they did or were failing at before they became a winner. And that's failing. Understanding failing is your path to understanding great success. Yeah. So essentially learn from why you're watching other people fail and learn to embrace your own failures as well. Like I, some of the best lessons I've learned in life from watching other people crash and burn. Like, like, I mean, I knew not to do heroin and cocaine because I saw my mom do it at a young age. Right. I knew that was the first lesson I learned by seeing someone fail. Right. So, but then as I was going through corporate America and seeing CEOs I worked for and owners of companies I worked for and seeing the reasons why things wouldn't happen, I was able to learn valuable lessons from them along the way. So I, I, I totally agree with that. So what have you, what have you read that I should read? 
I read a lot of excerpts and articles in opinion pieces in reviews like Harvard Business Reviews and studies because I want to understand markets and movements. I don't want to understand one person's experience, right? I want to understand like the entire totality of this industry from different perspectives so that I can then form my own or so that I can figure out a way to penetrate it or succeed in it that nobody else has thought of yet. Um, if I just kind of listen to one person's way of thinking, which is limited to what their brain has experienced with, uh, then I'll be boxed into what that one person uh, thought. So I don't like kind of dive into one person's whole brain. I'll read pieces of different books and, and pull things out of it and then connect with other stuff. But um, that's how I intake um, information is just kind of sporadic all over. And I like different points of views. I'll read stuff from the left, from the right, from the rich, from the poor, from the, I read everything um, because you can't ever work with somebody or understand anybody if you don't listen to them, right? And, you know, even like, let's just take the right and the left, for example, like if whether you're right or left, you're probably never going to change your mind because you only just listen to people that think like you. You'll never have another perspective or another, you know, you'll, or some profound insight that may, maybe, you, I'll say this, beware of anybody whose mind is so made up that no matter how many facts you give them, they refuse to potentially change their stance or their opinion. Well, I, I need to make sure I utilize that Thursday because this is we're recording this right before Thanksgiving and I'm going to be around a lot of family members that, yeah. that, that aren't going to change their mind. Yeah, and it's like so, it's not even worth having conversations it's not, with people like that because all they want to do is try to force you mm -hmm. to see their way and they're not willing. Um, I wrote something the other day, uh, uh, something like, don't be a victim of not accepting when somebody's right simply because they can't accept when they're wrong, right? So then you become just as wrong as them if you do that. Well, you never admit when you're wrong, so why would I tell you that you're right? Because they're right in this instance. That's why you would do it, because it's the right thing to do. Um, but people are so stuck in their ego, and they won't budge or move because of that. Uh, I've lost friends honestly, over the past couple of years, I wouldn't, yeah, I lost friends that just, there is nothing in the world that I would not be open-minded about to potentially change my stance on how I feel because there's information that I don't have. There's news that can be shared. There's perspectives that I might not have thought of, right? And if you can't be open-minded enough to think about, well, I don't know how those people think. Maybe when I hear how they think and how they're affected by it, it might change how I feel about it a little bit, right? But like when you're not willing to do that, then you're not willing to be great and you're not willing to make a better world and you're not willing. And by the way, how can you even be a great leader in a company or in a family, right? If you don't have that kind of mentality, if you're just stuck in what you think and that's Bible, and you will never change your mind or even accept that there may possibly be another perspective that could be right too. Doesn't fit for me, but I see your point. 
right? And I, man, it's crazy how many people don't think like that. And I feel like if we did, imagine if everybody thought like that, like we would never fight. We'd never have wars. We just figure it out. Like, all right, here's what's pissing me off. Here's what you did that bothered me. Oh man, I didn't know that that bothered you. But let me tell you why I did that. I did it because of this. Shit, I didn't know me doing that caused you to do that. And then you start having these open conversations about like, fuck man, all along, if we just talked, we would have realized we were rubbing each other the wrong way or we were doing things that we didn't know the other person was getting pissed off from and we could have solved all these problems. But the reason they don't is stubbornness, ego, greed, all these things, just fucking delete them. Like, just delete them. If the world just deleted ego and greed, those two things alone, the fucking world would be awesome. Now, somebody could be watching right now and saying, yeah, I know you want to live in this perfect, like, you know, kumbaya world, Clinton. But it's not, man. It's not kumbaya. It's not fictitious. It's not like wishful thinking. It's literally you just stop being a fucking narrow-minded jackass, right? And realize there's more people in the world than just you, right? And we all deserve to be here. And we all deserve hope, a chance, opportunity, love, and to be listened to. Everybody does, even jackasses, right? Doesn't mean we have to do what they say, but they deserve all that as well. And then we can kind of sift out, all right, uh, their, their idea might not work for the masses, right? Or they're saying things that is, it's not that smart. But like, man, just, just listen to people, bro. Uh, yeah. That right there, that, that again, just proves why I have a connection with you, man, because we believe like that's like, I have that conversation with so many people and we can just handle so many things that we would just have conversations about what you just talked about. Like when you just, that, just have a conversation, that. like instead of framing what they said and, and making it feel me feel a certain way and then never talking to them again, like I see that happen so often. Or well, the problem is a big blow up. The problem is like social media now, everyone has a voice and everyone shouldn't have a voice publicly with an opinion, right? And I know that's like, oh, well, you don't believe in everyone. Yeah, I, I believe in everyone having a chance and a shot and having an opinion. But honestly, man, I wouldn't, I personally would never weigh in on something based on my opinion. I would never weigh in without having facts or metrics or data that would back up my opinion. And then even then, I wouldn't force you to try to believe what I believe. What I would do is I would share the information that I got, and then you do with it what you must. If you don't think that this is factual information, or you don't think if I tell you I'm holding this cup in my hand, like, and you don't want to believe that after seeing it, then you're just like a different, you're just a different makeup of a human being, mm -hmm. right? It's like, so I don't really know what to say at that point. So you just move on and we go talk and hang out with other people that are, are on earth. Right. And it's like, and, and that's, I don't know, man, that's how I feel. And I, I think if everybody, and I'm not saying this is my way. And if you think my way, you'll be better. This isn't my way. It's the way that I just happened to recognize and adopted and learn how to master. Right. So it's the right way. It's the civil human way, right? And, you know, it's not my way. Well, I, I think that that way is definitely something you follow when it's working out for you. I, as we're sitting here having the conversation, 
I watched a documentary the other day on Sylvester Stallone, Sly. I don't know if you've seen that yet or not, but I uh, love those. Sylvester Stallone was my dad in my mind growing up. So of course yeah. I've seen it the day it came yeah. out. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I love to watch those types of documentaries and hear all the stories. I can see a massive documentary coming out on Clinton Sparks. Like I just feel that that's going to be, and if it hasn't been done yet, it needs to be done because you have so much to share and everybody needs to hear, man. Everybody needs to hear it. Like, well, I, I mean, I appreciate that, but you know, everyone's got a story, you know, every, I mean, there could be documentaries on everybody. Right. Um, and and I, it's flattering that you think my story is worth telling. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of people, man, that have, stories worth telling and we just need more listening right uh because there's so much to gain from people like sylvester stallone or many other people that have stories that have overcome things you just have to be like we said at the beginning is be mindful of of the intention of why they're sharing is it just to sell a book and a product and a conference is it to really help the world become a better place you know i i made a music um uh, course with over 65 videos and I wrote a book and my course is completely free. Like I spent, I spent tens of thousands of dollars putting that together. Got the biggest names in the music industry on there and you can watch it for free on my YouTube. And the reason I did that was because I can. And because if I already built a blueprint that I can just like show everybody, Hey guys, stop making those mistakes. Here's what you should do. I would kind of be a dick if I'm like, you got to pay me to tell you that. Now, no, I'm not hating on anybody that does package up what they've learned and then makes a business out of it because there's something to be said for that too. But me, if I care about the world becoming a better place, and I genuinely do, and it starts with making people better. And if I can help people become better, informed, give them more access, understand how to build the life that they want to build, then the hope is, if they are now better people, they'll be happier people, happier people make other people happy and do happy things. And, you know, I hope that my contribution will transform some people. And I know it has, I see my DMS. I see the messages that I get from people that have transformed their lives because of, you know, the information and the things that I share and give to them. And, and like, man, as much as you might see in public, there's 10 times more, behind the scenes that you would never see from conversations to helping to helping build people's businesses to giving them advice and like it's, it's not all like it takes most of my life to be honest most of my time in fact it takes so much of my time that I could probably be richer and more successful than I am now if I didn't give so much of me to things that aren't going to make me money but it's going to hopefully help make people in the world better and ultimately that's the big picture. Even if I made a billion dollars, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go out and try to make the world better, right? I'm not going to go just sit on yachts all day and be like, oh, look at me, bitches. Look at all my nice cars. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally working my ass off now at my new company to become so rich that I can just go out and help now. That's my goal with money. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I get more out of going, like I do this, I go speak at foster homes and I and wow. speak at a I, we had a big event back in June where there was about 70 foster kids in a room. They were all exiting foster care. And my sister-in-law um, runs one of those small communities and asked me to come in and speak. And I, I get more fulfillment speaking to that group of people than I do a thousand people when I'm on stage sharing my story, just because 
I feel like I can make a faster impact to them and I'm not there to gain it. I do that for free. Like that's, I'm not there to make any money. Well, it's faster it's and longer lasting, right? It's more impacting because you're at a point where you can enlighten them and spark something that changes everything for the rest of their lives, right? When we talk to, you know, 30, 40 year olds um, that are trying to figure things out and whatnot, they also can make a change. I'm a big believer that people can change. I don't believe a leopard can't change its spots. I don't believe that at all. Um, and, you know, those people are just trying to, they've been going through life trying to figure it out and they just haven't had the right uh, guidance from the right person that has learned, that has already kind of like cut down the path to where they're trying to go, right? And it's different because they also got a lot of baggage. They also got resentment and hate and vulnerabilities and dreams and, and you know, they're jaded. Uh, not to say a foster kid might not be jaded because they may be jaded in a different way. However, they haven't really gone out to the world past, you know, internal family potential, you know, feelings, uh, abandonment, you know, neglect and like, those, you know, not, not being attached to things, love all value, all those things. Those are different, you know, things that that person has probably is dealing with. And they may deal with that with forever. However, if you don't help them deal with it now, all of the stuff they need to learn when they're 30 and 40 will be 10 times harder to build because they're carrying this backpack yeah. of pain around. So it's harder for them to build all these other things. Um, and I think, and that goes for anybody at any age. You know, my dad's in his 70s. He still goes to therapy, right? And it's like, you know, your, your parents are, are, are dead. Um, you know, Vietnam, you know, I'll never know what it's like to, to be through that. And I feel for anybody that's ever had to be in a war. But, you know, we're talking over 50 years ago, right? And it's like, at what point, and again, I'm not saying get over it. So anyone that's here is like, what an asshole, you know, for veterans. I love veterans. They're fucking awesome. Like I, I would do anything that I could do to help any veterans pain. Um, But also at the same time, at some point, especially when life, the beauty of life is right in front of you and you fail to see it because you won't let go of the shit that doesn't matter anymore. Then that's your fault at that point. Like you go into therapy for 40 something years about say your parents or things that happened in the eighties or seventies, right? It's like, at what point do you formulate that one, it wasn't your fault, right? Two, it's over and gone and done and you can't change it. And three, there's so much beauty to focus on now. Fucking take that backpack off. And recognize that and enjoy your fucking life now. You know what I mean? Like so many people think that the process to healing is a long road. And I've learned, you know, through being sexually abused, through, you know, having an alcoholic father that left us, through being bullied, through being broke, through being a criminal and getting arrested all the time, all these things when I was a kid, I've learned that to become better or to get over things that have once hurt you it's not a long road. It's just a decision that only you can make. And you just need to decide this shit ain't going to bother me anymore and, and go and start building the life that you want. 
right? Stop living your life by circumstance and build it by design. Yeah, I I wrote down a quote you said when you were on stage last when I saw you speak, and it said, the tragedies in our lives create our largest gifts. And but I, there's no doubt about that, right? And I, I totally end with you on, we got to move on and get over it. I mean, I, I'm an amputee because my mom did heroin when she was pregnant with me, right? So like, I could have for my whole life been just this kid who, oh, well, right? And I even had my aunt, I had some aunts say to me, hey, we know you're going to be screwed up in life because your mom was such a mess. It's okay. Like gave me permission to be a loser. <laughs> like you just signed off on it. But so I love speaking to the kids because I want them to understand that I came from a very similar spot that they were probably that, that they're in now or have been in, in the past. And if they embrace that as some type of gift to help them be stronger later in life, that they're going to, they, there's, there's lots of possibilities for them. Yeah. I and, was told, I was told that same thing too. Like, you know, you're going to need therapy one day. And I was like, for what? They're like, you know, things that happen, I go, it wasn't my fault. The person that did it should go get therapy. Yeah. Like, why'd they do that to me? You know what I mean? Like, I, and I never needed therapy for, but again, I'm not knocking therapy because whatever is going to help somebody get through what they got to get through. And a lot of times people don't have somebody to talk to that can help them, you know, sort out their feelings and, and guide them to the path of understanding why they feel the way they feel, why they do what they do. So I'm a fan of anybody that can find the thing that's going to help them. What I'm yeah. not a fan of is people that don't look for resolution and just look for blame and excuses. And keep bringing it back. Keep bringing it back. Keep bringing it well, back. If, like yeah. you could like, well, if my fucking mom didn't that, well, guess what she did? And yeah. guess what I'm alive. And guess what I'm alive. Mm. And guess what? I got one fucking right hand that will knock you the fuck out. So yeah. what are we talking about? You know exactly. what I'm saying? So it's like, dude, when I, when mm. I lost, <clears throat> I was in a, um, Quick story, I was playing racquetball and I, I didn't know the guy I was playing with. I just went to the gym and found someone and started playing. And, you know, I hit the ball off the wall. I turn around. He hits it. I turn around. The ball, shoo, right into my left eye, right? Literally, I hit the ground and audibly say, please don't go blind. Please don't go blind. Please don't go blind. Please don't go blind. And the guy walks over to me, happened to be a nurse. I didn't know him. And he goes, oh, my God, dude, I think you just lost your eye. And I go, really? He goes, yeah, this is the number one way people lose their eyes in racquetball. And I'm like, fuck, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, you need to go to the hospital right now. So on the way from the, pit, from the racquetball court to my car, I've already made peace with that. Well, I had two eyes for this long. You know what I mean? So like, I wasn't worrying that I'm about to lose an eye. I was grateful that I had two eyes this long, right? And then when I went to the doctor, even my friends were like, dude, you're so calm about this. The doctor was like, yeah, it looks like you lost your vision in your left eye. You probably tore your retina. We can't see there's too much blood back there. So for two, three days, I was straight blind. By the time, within two hours, I was home on my couch typing an Instagram story of the benefits of having one eye, right? Like, I'll always be able to aim a gun. I can look out the door. Like, and like, people didn't take me serious because they thought, who jokes about something like that? And that's the thing. We take fucking shit too serious, man. Like, you need to really understand how to relish and celebrate and be grateful for the things you do have. And I was like, well, I had two eyes for 40 years. Guess I'm going to have one. My buddy only had one his whole life. He's doing okay. Guess it's not a big problem, right? And like, if everybody just stopped worrying about shit that you can't control and just, you know, focus on the things that 
are great in your life, you you would have so much less stress, less depression, you know, less arguments, less excuses. It's just, I don't understand. I don't understand why life is so fucking hard for so many people. Like life is easy. People make it hard. The world needs more of Clinton Sparks, brother. Like I'm sitting here like, uh, like that is so, you're, dude, that's so good, dude. And let me tell you something. I won Jordan David Meltzer several months ago. That's how I met David Meltzer. Um, and I know you you know David real well. And he comes from that same place of gratitude and being grateful. And 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 um, I'm not sure how I even decided to put David Meltzer in my life. Like I have no idea. But that's what happened, right? I sent this. I saw him on social media. Sent him a shoe, and and it's been great ever since. Um, the message that you bring every time I hear you talk is so authentic and real, man. Like, I just can't even. Even that, even that, you know, that's probably the thing I hear the most. It, 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 I'm dumbfounded when I hear people say, man, you know why I love you is because you're authentic. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what, I'm a human? Like, like I, don't, I don't understand what authentic means. It, it feels like a gimmick when people say that to me. It feels like, oh, that's my thing. I really sell mm. authenticity. And it's like, no, I don't I, even I, understand. Yeah, what I mean by that is that I can tell you're being exactly who you say you are, right? So, so many people have their stick or their thing or their catchphrase or whatever, but you're just a just that's what I love so much about getting on a call with somebody like you is you're just being yourself 100%. There's no bullshit here. It's Clinton Sparks sharing stories with me and giving and just helping me understand the value to certain things in life that sometimes I overlook and a lot of people overlook. Well, I do have a catchphrase, Clinton Sparks, get familiar. Get familiar. Okay. My catchphrase since 2000. All right. There you go. See, but you, but it wasn't something that we were like being cheesy about, right? So, <laughs> but no, man, I just respect the shit out of you. And we got to meet very briefly. And I'm so thankful that I was able to get your shoe size and get the shoe to you and just, and go from here. But my, you know, my I'm, last... psyched about, I'm psyched about your book. When, like, even before you heard me on stage, I approached you. Mm -hmm. Like just walking around, I'm like, what do you do? And then yeah. you told me, and, and then you showed me your book. Oh, no, you walked up to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You walked up to me, and, and I think you said, Renee said we should connect. And mm -hmm. you just started showing me your book. And I was like, dude, this is sick. And then we started talking. And yeah, man, like, first of all, your book looks sick. Thank right? you. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm excited to read all that you've learned. And, and I'm honored. And like, even when you showed it to me, I was like, oh, man, that would have been dope to be part of something like that. And I didn't say that to you. You just took it upon yourself to now set this up to include me in your book, which I'm yes. super psyched because I already thought the book was dope as shit yeah. before you asked me to be a part of it. Yeah, I well, after meeting you in person and then seeing you on stage, I was like, okay, I'm going to send the shoe. Hopefully he responds fast enough because I've got a deadline. I've got, got to get stuff rolling, but it worked out perfectly. So I'm definitely going to be able to get that put in there. And, and I just I have one more question for you. How can I add value to Clinton Sparks? You already are uh, right here by helping to spread the word too, by including, you know, whatever value you feel I have in your book. Um, and, you know, my feet are going to look flyer because of you. So you you're actually going to wear patent leather ones for the first time and you're going to yeah, like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Chris, man, I really appreciate you, man. Thank you for including me in this and, Thank you for your generosity. And I really admire, you know, your approach and doing this. And, you know, more people need to understand how to, you know, 
how to how to penetrate someone's brain to to look a lot of people are busy man like they're doing they're out here doing dope shit right that's why you want to talk to them because they're dope doing dope shit right so like if you want to talk to somebody that's dope who's doing dope shit then you need to approach them in a dope way right and so that because they'll understand this dude's dope because the way that he approached me as opposed to just like hey man trying to do this with you trying to do that uh, everybody is you know what i'm saying like and it's like, you know, what makes you stand out? And I'll tell you, Chris, you really made yourself stand out. And I respect and admire that. Well, I thank you so much, man. And um, so everybody in the book's going to get something really cool when the book releases. So be on the lookout for that. But more, I'll make sure. sneakers? Yeah, something that's like one of a kind. You're, it'll be one of one. Yes. One of one. I got you know a guy. I mean? Look, this goes back to what I said earlier in this. I didn't know you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were just a guy paying to be at this dinner. I didn't know anything, but you'd say, did I treat you like you matter? And you were just as important as Renee or anybody else in there? Yeah. Because you are. And then look what it amounted to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it, it, it's literally real time living proof of what I said at the beginning of this conversation yeah. of treating everybody great. And then Renee freaked, surprised me and pulled me on stage. <laughs> like I had no clue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no idea. Um, which I loved because... I wasn't stressing about prepping all day. Yeah. Like, here's the mic, go do your thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it was fun. It was cool, fun. man. Well, so. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into the One Hand at a Time podcast. Please make sure you like and share the episode. And we'll see you next time here at the One Hand at a Time podcast. Make it a great day. <laughs>